Chapter Ten of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: The Ethics of Grizzly Hunting. On the Petaluma boat, I met him. He was on his way to Washington City for the purpose of presenting to the President of the United States a curious chair made entirely of buckhorns, a real marvel of ingenuity of which he was quite vain dressed in buckskin with fringed leggings and sleeves belted and bristling with hunter's arms strongly built and grisly bearded he was a striking figure as he sat the centre of a crowd of admirers his countenance was expressive of a mixture of brutality cunning and good humour he was a thorough animal wild frontier life had not sublimated this old sinner in the way pictured by writers who romance about such things at a distance contact with nature and indians does not seem to exalt the white man except in fiction it tends rather to draw him back toward barbarism the renegade white only differs from the red savage in being a shade more devilish this is seth kinman the great indian fighter and bear hunter said an officious passenger thus introduced i shook hands with him he seemed inclined to talk and was kind enough to say he had heard of me and voted for me making due acknowledgment of the honour done me i seated myself near enough to hear but not so near as to catch the fumes of the alcoholic stimulants of which he was in the habit of indulging freely his talk was of himself in connection with the indians and bears he seemed to look upon them in the same light as natural enemies to be circumvented or destroyed as opportunity permitted you can't trust an injun he said i know em if they get the upper hand of you they'll cinch you sure the only way to get along with them is to make em afeard of you they'd have put a hour through me long ago if i hadn't made em believe i was a conjurer it happened this way i had a contract for furnishing venison for the troops in humboldt and took along a lot of injuns for the hunt we had mighty good luck and started back to eureka loaded down with the finest sort of deer meat i saw the injuns lagging behind and whispering to one another and mistrusted things wasn't exactly right so i keeps my eye on em and had old cotton blossom here caressing a long rusty-looking rifle ready in case anything should turn up you can't trust a injun they're all alike if they get the upper hand of you you're done he winked knowingly and chuckled and then went on i stopped and let the injuns come up and then got to talkin with them about huntin and shootin i told em i was a conjurer and couldn't be killed by a bullet or error and to prove it i took off my buckskin shirt and set it up twenty steps off and told em the man who could put a error through it might have it they were more than an hour shootin at that shirt the same one i've got on now but they couldn't phase it how was that asked an open-mouthed young fellow blazing with cheap jewelry why you see young man this shirt is well tanned and tough and i just stood it up on the edge so that when a arrow struck it it would naturally give way if i had only had it on the arrows would have gone clean through it and me too injuns are mighty smart in some things but they all believe in devils conjurin and such like i played em fine on this idea and they were feared to touch me though they were ready enough if they had dared 
while i was out choppin wood one day i see a smoke risin and thinkin something must be wrong i got back as soon as i could and sure enough my house was burnin i knowed it was injuns and circlin round i found the track of a big injun it was plain enough to see where he had crossed the creek comin and goin i got his scalp why his hair was that long he said measuring to his elbow and leering hideously whether or not this incident was apocryphal i could not decide but it was evident enough that he intensely relished the notion of scalping an indian i want you to come up to humboldt and see me kill a grizzly he continued addressing himself to me and let me tell you now if ever you shoot a grizzly hit him about the ear if you hit him right you will kill him if you don't kill him you spile his mind i have seen a grizzly after he had been hit about the ear go round and round like a top no danger in a bar after you have hit him in the ear it's his tender place but a bar's mighty dangerous if you hit him anywhere else and don't kill him me and an injun was hunting in the chaparral and come across a big grizzly we both blazed away at him at close range i saw he was hit for he whirled half round and partly keeled over but he got up and started for us mad as fury we had no time to load and there was nothing left but to run for it it was nip and tuck between us i'm a good runner and the engine wasn't slow looking back i saw the bar was gaining on us i knowed he'd get one of us and so i hauled off and knocked the engine down before he could get up the bar had him he paused and looked around complacently did the bear kill the indian asked the young man with abundant jewelry no he chawed him up a while and then left him and the injun finally got well if it had been a white man he would have died injuns can stand a great deal of hurtin and not die at this point the thought came into my mind that if this incident must be taken as a true presentation of the ethics of bear hunting as practised by mr kinman i did not aspire to the honour of becoming his hunting companion are the ethics of the stock exchange any higher than those of the humboldt bear hunter let the bear bankruptcy or the devil take the hindmost is the motto of human nature on its dark side whether on wall street or in the california chaparral were you ever in napa city he inquired of me i answered in the affirmative did you see the big stuffed grizzly in the drug store yeah eh? well i killed that bar the biggest ever shot in california i was out one day looking for a deer about sundown and heard the dogs a barkin as they was coming down eel river in a little while here come the bar and a whopper he was i raised old cotton blossom and let him have it as he passed me i saw i had hit him for he seemed to drag his lines loins as he plunged down the bank of the river among the grapevines and thick bushes next morning i took the dogs and put em on his trail i could see that his back was broke because i could see the print where his hind parts had dragged down the sandy bed of the river by and by i heard the dogs obeying and i knowed they'd come up with him i hurried up and found the bar sitting on his rump in a hole of water about three feet deep snapping his teeth at the dogs as they swum around him barkin like fury he couldn't get any further old cotton blossom had done his work for him i thought i would have a little fun by aggravating him a while what do you mean by aggravating the bear asked a bystander i would just take big rocks and go up close to him and hit him between the eyes 
You ought to have heard him yowl. His eyes actually turned green, he was so mad, and his jaws champed like a sawmill. But he couldn't budge. Every time he tried to get on his feet, he fell back again, the maddest bar ever seen. At this point in the narrative, Kinman's sinister blue eyes gleamed with brute ferocity. My aversion to making him my hunting companion increased. After I had my fun with him, I took old Cotton Blossom and planted a bullet under his shoulder, and he tumbled over dead. It took four of us to pull him out of that hole, and he weighed thirteen hundred pounds. I had enough of this, and left the group, reflecting on the peculiar ethics of bear hunting. The last glimpse I had of this child of nature, he was chuckling over a grossly obscene picture which he was exhibiting to some congenial spirits his invitation to join him in a bear hunt has not yet been accepted End of chapter ten